Hey everyone, my name is Andrew, and you're listening to a bonus episode of the Culips English Podcast. Thanks for joining me for an English study session. It's awesome to have you here, and I hope you're doing well. If this is your first time checking out Culips, welcome. I'm a Canadian English teacher who lives in South Korea, and at Culips, my team and I we make audio lessons for intermediate and advanced learners. And our philosophy here at Culips is that we believe that to become a really high-level English speaker, that you need to do hundreds, if not thousands, of hours of listening practice. So our goal is to make that process as enjoyable as possible for you by making interesting lessons that are just fun to listen to. So that you're studying and learning with us without it really having to feel like you're studying and purposefully learning something. A question I get asked often is, "What does culips mean?" It's kind of a funny word, right? Well, it's actually a word that is a blend of two other words. Those words are culture and lips. So culture and lips, culips. And this word represents what we teach in our lessons. The lips part stands for communication and speaking, and that's why our lessons are focused on teaching you the English that you need to know to be an excellent communicator. And the cu part of culips that stands for culture, which is our other goal to teach you about the culture of English-speaking people and English-speaking countries. Now, in each bonus episode, I share a story or two about what's going on in my life, and I also teach you a useful expression that's great to add to your vocabulary. There's a transcript for this episode that's available free for everyone, and you can download it as a PDF file that's perfect for printing, or you can view the online version, which works best for computers and tablets and smartphones. It's a fantastic way to study with this episode, and to get the transcript and follow along while you listen, just click the link in the description or visit our website, which is. Is culips.com. Well, everyone, I'm really happy that I'm able to record this episode for you this week. For a few days there last week, I was worried that there wasn't going to be a bonus episode this week, and that's because I completely lost my voice and I couldn't speak at all. And maybe you've noticed that my voice sounds a little different than usual right now, and I think that's why. If you listen to last week's bonus episode, you'll know that my wife recently caught the coronavirus, and in that episode, I mentioned how I also thought that I caught it, but was having only very, very mild symptoms and wasn't really sick at all. But wow, did I ever eat my words! Shortly after uploading that episode, the virus hit me like a ton of bricks. It hit me like a ton of bricks. That's an idiomatic expression that we can use to talk about something like a sickness that is very strong or severe, and it comes very suddenly. So yeah, shortly after I recorded last week's bonus episode. 
the coronavirus really hit me like a ton of bricks, and I went from feeling fine to totally sick almost instantaneously. And I have to be honest, everyone, this virus is no joke. I'm still not over it 100%, but I'm feeling way better now. And I think this was probably the most sick I've ever felt. I really only had three symptoms. I had a fever, a headache, and a sore throat. And the fever and the headache were really bad, but I went to a clinic and I got some medicine, and that medicine really was effective at clearing up the fever and the headache. But the sore throat, on the other hand, was just brutal. It was the most uncomfortable part of having the virus, and eating, drinking, sleeping, <laughs> swallowing, and talking, they were all really painful to do. So it was just a really unpleasant time. Now, Luckily, after about four days of being really sick, I suddenly started to feel pretty much back to normal again. It just came very suddenly and left really suddenly. And as I mentioned, I'm still not 100% better now, but I feel almost there. Maybe a couple more days and I'll be good as new. So guys, I hope you all are taking really good care of yourselves. Be careful with this virus because it is no joke and I'd hate for you guys to get sick too. I don't really have too much to report on because I spent all of last week pretty much just sick in bed. And even though I feel better now, I still have another three days that I have to quarantine at my home here before I'm allowed to go outside again. You may have seen on the news that we had historic rainfall here in Seoul last week. And for several days, it absolutely poured rain and there was major flooding in the southern part of the city, which caused a tremendous amount of damage to cars and property and even tragically, several people died in the floods. Now, thankfully, the area of the city that I live in was not affected at all by the floods, but my heart really goes out to anyone who was impacted by the flooding last week. So due to these insane rains last week and being quarantined and also being very sick, I really didn't get up to much of anything other than just lie around in bed and rest. I guess about the only interesting thing that I did do last week was catch up on a bunch of TV shows and movies that had been in my queue for a long time, but that I haven't had time to watch, and I thought I'd tell you about what I watched last week. So first up, I caught up on all of the really cheesy Korean dating shows that I enjoy watching. Do any of you like watching dating or romance shows in English? Of course, because Korean is the language that I'm learning, I find that these kinds of shows are really fun to watch because they're pretty easy to understand and I get to learn a lot of real-life daily Korean expressions by watching them and they really help build my Korean listening skills. I don't really watch them, guys, because I'm in love with that genre of show or that I really love dating shows or anything. It's not really that. It's more because they're great for studying and learning with, and for the most part, they're much easier to understand than news or serious dramas. 
So maybe that's a recommendation for you too. If you find it difficult to watch the news or some serious dramas in English, then perhaps you could give watching reality dating shows a try in English, and that might be a good way for you to boost your listening skills. Speaking of serious dramas, I also watched the fourth season of a TV show called Ozark, which is a Netflix series. And if you guys are looking for an interesting drama to watch in English, then I really do highly recommend Ozark, especially if you're a fan of Breaking Bad. Ozark really reminds me a lot of Breaking Bad. There's a lot of similarities between the two shows. So Ozark is about just a regular family from Chicago in the USA, and the father of that family makes some bad decisions and starts money laundering and working for a Mexican drug cartel. And as the series unfolds, you see the whole family get involved in a life of crime. So it's a pretty crazy show, but it's really entertaining, and each episode ends with a cliffhanger. So that you want to keep watching just one more episode. A cliffhanger, of course, is an ending that leaves you in suspense. It makes you want to know what happens next. So each episode ends with one of these cliffhanger endings, and that makes it really easy to marathon through the series. You just want to watch one episode after the next after the next. Now, I also watched a couple of great foreign films last week. A Japanese movie called "Drive My Car" and a Norwegian movie called "The Worst Person in the World." I thought they were both excellent, and I enjoyed them thoroughly. I'm going to give them five out of five stars, both of them. And if you ever get a chance to check them out, definitely give them a watch. As for what's new here at Culips, well, we released a brand new Chatterbox episode last week, featuring a conversation that I had with my co-host Anna about high-intensity interval training, or HIT. And if you haven't heard that episode yet, definitely check it out. I thought it was a fun one, and I really enjoyed talking with Anna about that topic. And a little later on this week, we'll be uploading a brand new simplified speech episode, which is about a fun topic. It's about zombies. So in that one, I'm joined by Cassie as my co-host, and we talk all about the different kinds of zombie movies and shows that we've seen, plus the role that zombies play in pop culture. So if you're a zombie fan, you're not going to want to miss that episode. And I know, guys, that last week I promised everyone a new fluency file episode. Unfortunately, my work on that episode got put on pause when I got sick. So as soon as I'm feeling better, I'm going to get back to work on that episode right away, and I should be able to finish it up quickly and upload it as soon as I can. So if you're a Culips member and you're waiting for the brand new Fluency Files episode, please be just a little patient with me, and I will upload it just as soon as I can. So stay tuned for that one shortly as well. And now it's time for this week's vocabulary lesson. Okay, everyone, the expression that I'd like to teach you this week is one that you can use when you want to. 
acknowledge or recognize that something that you said in the past was wrong. Okay, you said something and you regret it, or you cringe at thinking about having said that thing. Especially if you feel stupid or foolish right now because what you said in the past was really, really wrong. So that expression is to eat your words. To eat your words. Did you hear when I use this expression in this episode? Let's rewind, go back, and I'll play that part again for you a couple more times. Let's do it. I mentioned how I also thought that I caught it, but was having only very, very mild symptoms and wasn't really sick at all. But wow, did I ever eat my words. But wow, did I ever eat my words. Okay, so earlier on in the episode then, I was talking about how I thought I only had a mild case of coronavirus when I was making last week's bonus episode. But then a few days later, I became really, really sick. So I ate my words, okay? The thing that I said wasn't true, okay? I thought I had only a mild case, but it turns out I had a very severe case. So here I used that expression, eat my words, to show that what I had said was totally wrong and that I feel foolish and stupid that I even made that comment in the first place. So this is exactly the kind of situation where we can use this expression in. So next time you say something that's wrong and you feel embarrassed about it or you regret saying it, or it makes you feel dumb that you even said that in the first place, then you can say, eat my words. So now that we know the meaning, why don't we learn about how we can use this expression in a real life context? And to do that, I've prepared some example sentences for us to listen to. So let's listen to them now. Example sentence number one. I never thought my son would be able to graduate first in his class, but I'm happy to eat my words. I never thought my son would be able to graduate first in his class, but I'm happy to eat my words. Let's break that example sentence down. In that sentence, the speaker said that he's happy to eat his words because he said that his son wasn't going to be able to graduate first in his class. By the way, if you graduate first in your class, it means that you are the number one ranked student. So then I guess this speaker, he thought that his son, you know, wasn't going to be number one in his school. But then it turns out that he was. So the father felt some regret for saying that he didn't believe in his son and he's happy to eat his words. It's like a good realization, right? It's like, son, I doubted you. I didn't believe in you, but you proved me wrong. And I'm so happy that I was wrong about you. You did a great job. You graduated number one in your class and he's happy about that. Example sentence number two. My coworker is the best. Even though she wasn't able to deliver the report by the deadline, she didn't mind eating her words and apologized for the mistake. My coworker is the best. 
Even though she wasn't able to deliver the report by the deadline, she didn't mind eating her words and apologized for the mistake. So in that sentence, we hear about a coworker who is awesome. She's a great coworker because she takes responsibility for her actions. She made a promise that she would be able to deliver a report by the deadline. But then she realized that she wasn't going to be able to fulfill that promise. So she didn't mind eating her words. Okay. In other words, this means she didn't mind apologizing and acknowledging that the promise that she made was something that she couldn't keep and she apologized for making that mistake. Example sentence number three. The weather reporter must be eating his words right now. He predicted stormy weather, but it's absolutely beautiful outside. The weather reporter must be eating his words right now. He predicted stormy weather, but it's absolutely beautiful outside. Let's break this final example sentence down. So in this sentence, the speaker is saying that the weather reporter must be eating his words right now. In other words, the weather reporter must be really regretting the poor weather prediction that he made because he predicted that it was going to be very stormy, but instead the weather is very, very beautiful. So we can imagine in this kind of situation that the weather reporter feels a little foolish or slightly embarrassed about making such a terrible prediction and he is probably eating his words in that kind of situation. So that's it for this week's bonus episode, everyone. Congratulations on completing an English study session with me and make sure to keep up the great work with your English studies throughout the rest of the week. So guys, take care of yourselves and I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.